Hello and welcome to the Roxy and Queens podcast. In this episode, we get to know Ramira Abraham, who's actually a sound engineer at the Spotify Secret Genius Studio in London. It's very cool to meet somebody behind the desk and working in music studios and production. Very cool. Anyway, without further ado, I'll let her introduce herself because she will be able to go into more details about what she does. I'm Ramira. Um, I am currently the sound engineer at the Spotify Secret Genius Studio in London, which operates out of Metropolis Studios in Chiswick, um, far away from where I live, but you know, I make it work. Um, I am also a vocal producer, a music producer, um, a drummer. Um, I do sing. I do drumming for like sessions for some people sometimes, but uh, I'm for all intents and purposes, I am an engineer. Okay, cool. I'm such a novice when it comes to the studio. I never know what the differences really are in like engineering and production. Like I know basics, but I don't know more than that. So the way that I sometimes put it um, for people is that the engineer kind of does a lot of the technical stuff, um, like finding the right microphone, setting everything up, trying to get the best sound out of set of microphones, um, doing everything in like the DAW. That's Digital Audio Workstation, in case you hadn't come across that phrase before. You have the recording engineer who does everything, who can record and track everything in a DAW, and then you have an assistant engineer who um, is sometimes also the recording engineer, but does all the patching, works on the console, and works with all the outboard gear. And a music producer, I would say, um, is kind of the person that knows how the song comes together, or brings the song to life, really. You can have like an artist or a songwriter come in with a piano and a vocal demo and producer can take that and turn it into a bigger production. Um, and they're typically really, really highly skilled musicians. So I was wondering if you could tell me a bit about your musical journey. Like how did you discover that this is what you wanted to do or what inspired you to do this oh sort of God. thing? How much time do we have? Um, <laughs> I got into music at the age of five. Um, I come from a very musical family. So if you are an Abraham, you start with piano from a young age. So when I was five, I was enrolled in classical piano lessons and I stuck with it um, until I finished my grade eight. And then you also take on like a second instrument on top of piano. So I chose drums. Um, Funny story that actually, it was coming out of one of my piano exams, the tutor told my dad that I had a bad sense of rhythm. And so for my seventh birthday, I got a drum set for my birthday. <laughs> that was the, the coolest, the coolest um, birthday gift ever. Um, and then I started singing at 12 and I just kind of stuck with it, but it was always something that was on the side. Um, I never really thought that I could do music full time. I didn't know how to incorporate myself into the industry or into music as a field itself to you know, make it work as a full time career, which I think people still struggle with to this day because it is so risky to try to make it as an artist, for example. Um, and I knew that I never really wanted to be in the spotlight, but again, didn't know how to incorporate myself into that field. So um, I went to uni for something completely different actually. Um, went to uni for human rights law um, in my first year, dropped that. <laughs> and just because I kind of realized, and I knew in the back of my mind that I was kidding myself and everybody else around me if I didn't try to pursue music. And it had always just been such a crucial part of my life. Um, so I took up music as a second major. So I graduated in, still in law and music. Um, and the law bit does come in um, handy sometimes when I'm dealing with like music business or intellectual property and stuff, but uh, music has always been there. And then on a whim, 
I applied to Abbey Road Institute. Yeah. Um, to do music production and sound engineering. But that was only because I had seen some girl walking in Abbey Road Studios with her guitar uh, when I was visiting London a couple of years ago. Um, and she was like, yeah, I'm here for my institute interview. And I was like, institute? Abbey Road does students? Uh, what? So then I just picked up a pamphlet. I applied online not thinking it would lead anywhere, but it did. And... Um, it, I remember the first day of class sitting in the room with 14 other amazing musicians, producers, and future engineers, um, all of whom I absolutely love dearly, uh, and thinking this is where I need to be. Um, we are all so passionate about music, and I thought, like, I had never actually felt so in place yeah. um, than sitting in that classroom that day, um, and I just stuck with it. Yeah, because that's the thing. We actually met at a normal not novelty event at, we the, Red, did. at the Red Bull Studios yeah. a while ago now. But I've like kept tabs on you because you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm creepy like that. So, um, and I remember at the time it was you and a group of people, and you were all from the Abbey Road Institute. Yeah. And I was like, oh, so is it university? But it's it's kind of like a uni, but it's not a uni at all. It's I wouldn't call it a uni. No. So it is a one year uh, advanced diploma is what you get at the end of it. Um, An advanced diploma in music production and sound engineering. Um, And I would kind of classify it as a technical degree. Um, But, you know, you you guys can kind of Google um, their stuff online and and see what they do more in depth if you like. But they take on um, 15 to 20 students twice a year. There's an intake in September and an intake in March. And they do that on purpose just so the two kind of cross over nicely. And as one of as one intake is starting in starting to do in the box slash digital work in DAWs and learning how to mix and produce, the other one is getting into the recording side of things. And they um, kind of chuck you into the studio and show you how everything works and um it's uh, it's a well-run program um, for it being one year because they condense so much information. That's what I thought. Yeah. Um, like, I went into it not... I didn't know what a DAW was when I went into the course. Um, I didn't know what Pro Tools was. Didn't... I Like, consoles in big studios scared me. <laughs> I could not... Like, I couldn't look at one. And I never in a million years thought that I would be able to work one. Um, but huh, uh, lo and behold, here we are. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's the course. That's cool. I feel like we've definitely advertised for them now. So <laughs> I know. Oh, my gosh. But, but honestly, if you wanted to get into this sort of thing and you were like, well, I've done college, I've done uni, yeah. um, but I don't know I don't know if I can afford another three-year university exactly. degree. Do you know what I mean? It might be worth investigating. That, that was exactly it. I was going to ask you about what you're currently doing, like work-wise. So I read that you were working for Spotify's Secret Genius, and I don't actually know what Secret Genius is. Actually, you know, a lot of people don't know what Secret Genius is. Um, So Secret Genius is Spotify's initiative that they launched, I want to say a little over two years ago now, um, to bring awareness to songwriters and producers in the industry. Um, Because, you know, you have the Grammys, you have um, all sorts of award shows and um, recognition um, for the artists, but not so much for the producers and the songwriters behind those songs. And a lot of people, my friends especially, are shocked when I tell them like, oh yeah, um, that tune was written by four completely random people signed to Sony Publishing, you know? And they they don't get enough recognition, I think, for the work that they do. Um, And so Spotify launched Secret Genius and the Secret Genius Studio in um, 
five parts of the world, I believe, um, to kind of give songwriters and producers that space to create. Um, so there's a Spotify studio in London, uh, Nashville, um, New York City. Uh, is there one in LA? There is one in LA. Thank yep. you. Uh, and the other one is in Atlanta. And I believe there's one in Toronto now. Okay, sick. Which is really interesting because, you know, I'm Canadian and all. But, yeah, uh, yeah. Honestly, London is where it's at. So let me get this straight. So Secret Genius is like a new sort of set of studios that are for producers and songwriters. So do you have to be a signed artist to get access to them? Like, how do you even access them? No. Uh, so that's also another interesting thing is that there is absolutely no catch. We don't own the masters to your song. We don't own anything that comes in and out of the room. Um, we just give you the space. So we have a range of people coming in every day. Um, people who are unsigned, uh, bands who are unsigned, songwriters, artists, sometimes artists we do get in, um, producers who are unsigned. Um, and we also have some quite high profile people coming in. Um, the other day I had Mr. Hudson and JP Cooper with me, which was really, really great. But then a couple days later, it's me and my friend Marco. So not not that Marco isn't great. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Marco. <We're, laughs> he's getting there. Um, but yeah. Uh, and the, pe- the way people apply is on secretgeniusstudios.com um, and you can click on the studio of your choice depending on where you are and then you fill in a little application with a short bio and about you, um, anything about your, if, you, if you're signed to a label, um, if you're signed to a publisher or your management, your contact information, etc. with a link to some of your music if it's already up and out there. Um, and then uh, it gets, it goes through a couple of people before it gets approved. That's so sick because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it's secret genius, but it is so secret. I <laughs> like, I like, haven't really known that. There's yeah, it's kind of a, it's kind of a word of mouth thing, um, and it's interesting how people hear about it. It's just mainly, you know, I tell the artist that I had in that day, oh, tell your friends to apply or come in another time and bring in a couple of other songwriters that you'd like to work with, or I know somebody that I went to school with that would be really great for this song that I just heard you guys are working on. We can set something up together. Um, it's really great. It's a great space. But again, it's it's pretty word of mouth. Yeah. Um, so apply. And now if you're <laughs> listening to this, you're going to know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's good. Okay. So um, now I'm glad that we've, I understand where you are and what I'm you're glad. doing. Like, <laughs> woohoo. Um, so I was going to now ask you some questions um, specifically about production mm-hmm. and engineering and stuff like that, or in terms of feminism, because... Mm-hmm. At the time of recording this, yesterday was International Women's Day. Hooray. It was, yay. So big that up. But also, I've noticed a lot of, like, there's been a bit more attention to, I think, female producers recently, particularly with the uh, recent Grammy nominations. Absolutely, the Grammy initiative is great. Of Linda Perry as well. Yeah. Because she got nominated, and there was a lot of hype about that. Um, so, I've been doing some reading. Watch, <laughs> watch out, listeners. As have I. Yeah, about, um, I think it was something you shared, actually, on facebook or something ages okay. ago about producers mm-hmm. um and i then investigated it to get some more stats according to women's audio mission less than five percent of people creating the sounds music and media in the daily soundtrack of our lives are women and that's they say that's an approximation the recording academy stated recently that 98 percent of music industry producers are men are you shocked by that have you seen that is it bad that i'm not shocked by that um, when those number, when I saw those numbers or whenever people share those articles, I'm like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's true. There are very little women in the industry, but I'm seeing so many up and coming women get into it now. The scene is changing so drastically, um, and people are paying so much more attention to it. I think now 
um, studios, labels, publishers, etc., are starting to see that oh, it, you know, having a woman, sorry, um, in this space is, is beneficial, or this person is actually really great. We can give her the opportunity. Um, there are a lot of talented women out there, um, and to quote uh, my uh, counterpart Jeannie, um, mm-hmm. who works at the Spotify Studio in New York, uh, all who is also part of the Equal Residency, um, there are a lot of talented women in the industry, and sadly, a lot of the great opportunities go to men when those opportunities could better suit or are just as suitable for a woman in the same job. Um, but I, I think it's changing, and I think the numbers even now have changed. Mm. Um, but it's not shocking, <laughs> sadly. So you think that um, initiatives like the Equal initiative is really helping. What is Equal, if you could vaguely explain? Oh, my goodness. Because <laughs> I was like, we've not even touched on that. Uh, right. Um, so the, actually, the whole reason why I'm at the Spotify Secret Genius Studio is because I applied for the Equal Studio Residency, which um, is Spotify's initiative that they launched with uh, Berkeley College of Music. And Berkeley, the ladies at Berkeley, are our mentors throughout the program. It's a six-month paid uh, residency um, in each of the studios. Um, right now, there's only three of us, though. Nashville, New York, and, and London. Um, so the program in itself has been so great. We get all of that mentorship. We get endless networking um, opportunities, which is wonderful. Um, and they also just launched the Equal Directory. Um, if you Yes. To, yeah. Are you on it? I am on it. Oh, amazing. With my really rookie production errors. Oh. I'm there. <laughs> I'm there lurking. You know what? You got to learn somehow. Yeah. You just have to do it. Yeah. You just have to do it. Initiation and, by fire. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Kind of kind of is a lot of the time. Yeah. But you've got to fake it till you make it, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. That's like a general rule that yeah, I've yeah. heard countless times. You fake it till you make it, but you kind of do know what you're doing. Yeah. You do. It's a confidence thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so initiatives like the Equal Residency launching um, and the Equal Directory and the Grammy Initiative, um, along with so many kind of women... Um, driven and female identifying driven um, events that are coming up like just this weekend we have um, church studios hosting that event for International Women's Day they have the whole weekend um, where they're doing a couple of master classes um, and I know a couple of, of friends that are attending so it's just it's, it's, it's up and coming really sounds great mm-hmm. and for those that don't know the equal directory it's just like a massive hub i think it was a spotify launch thing wasn't it it's spelled eql yeah. and um it's where basically if you're working in music as a woman you can basically put yourself on this roster of sorts yeah with your details about what you can do and it's so people can find you mm-hmm. and probably commission you to do stuff exactly and if you can put your own music up out there you can write a little bio for yourself and links to your social media and also um you can upload your resume which is very uh, daunting but people do it um mm-hmm. and you can look for whoever you need um based on where you live yeah it's a great idea it's really cool but yeah just thought i better clarify yeah in case thank you me and you know of it but i don't know how many others are, are aware of it i get you but yeah um okay so this is a question that i probably could have phrased better um which was as you know reading a lot about feminism and stuff like that within the music industry and i was reading a bbc article and 
I think it was from a couple of years ago now, and Imogen Heap talked about being a woman in the in music production and the likelihood of normalising women in music studios. Um, she reckons things are improving partially because technology is the great leveller. And I know a few other producers, such as Catherine Marks, have said something similar to do with um, technology moving things forward for women. Um, do you think technology is helping with gender equality in music? First of all, Imogen Heap and CJ Marks are badasses, and... Um I love them both. Yes. Uh, their work is amazing. Um, technology as a, a leveler. Uh, if I can kind of interpret this question the way I think I I can. Uh, Go for it. Okay. Um, I, think it, I think it contributes a little bit um, to evening out the, play, the playing field. Uh, just because we have platforms like SoundCloud where you can just post your music up and if somebody else hears it and they like it or they decide that, you know, hey, I'm a top liner, I, I, I write uh, melodies for songs and would I think that this thing that I have or this idea that I have would be really great with this beat that you posted about a month ago. Would you be willing to collaborate? Um, that is a conversation that can be had totally online um, yeah. and you don't have to meet them in person. And I, I almost feel like sometimes when you walk into a room and, and if you're the only woman especially, that just has an effect on your mindset when you go in. And the fact that you can just do this all online and just say, I can send you the stems if you like, see if you like it, and you can just communicate that way. It's completely audio-based. Um, or when I say that, I mean they can just listen and judge from there as opposed to kind of judging your character. Not saying that they would, but that's kind of an internal fear, I think, that some women have or might have walking into a situation like that, knowing these stats, like, okay, yeah, 5% of women, blah, 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 I'm never going to get this job. You just automatically go in with that mindset, but I think this takes away a little bit an element of that, if I can say that. Yeah. We also have apps like, um, oh, the names escape me. Um, <laughs> oh. Is it like a networking app? Yeah, like we have, I've forgotten the name of them now, but um, you can, it's almost like Tinder for musicians, oh, I want to say. I've seen stuff like this. Oh my gosh. Right? I don't remember the name. You can literally say, I am a songwriter looking for a producer. Yeah. I'm a producer looking for an engineer. I'm an engineer looking for a home studio base. I think it just contributes. Again, like you can just communicate completely online. You can just listen to somebody's music and, and decide whether or not you like it. And then... Um, you go from there and then you can build great connections that way okay uh, and it's just a great there's just a lot of great networking tools that are on the web <laughs> vamper it's vamper mm -hmm. so um we kind of mentioned linda perry earlier we did um she's worked by the way if you're not familiar with her work because amazingly people aren't familiar sometimes i'm a bit shook by that <laughs> but she's worked with Pink, Dolly Parton, Gwen mm -hmm. Stefani in the past, as well as like so many other people. Um, she was actually the first woman nominated for, for a Grammy for producer non-classical since yes. 2004 this year. That's ridiculous. I know, it makes me cry. Um, do you think that change is soon on the horizon for the prominence of female producers? Yeah. I mean, there's you and I. Hey. <laughs> um, I go back to what I said earlier there are like people are paying attention to it now um and if you want a female producer you can find one there is no excuse for not being able to find one but um i still kind of stand by the fact that you should find the best person for your specific project yeah um but if you were looking for female uh, like a female representation then you can find it it's, mm. it's online it's on the equal directory um 
we attend all of those big events. Yeah. Um, there's also like a lot of things happening with women working with other women. Um, there's a lot of great Facebook groups that I've like joined over the years. Yeah, there's Women's Audio Mission. There's um, soundgirls.org. Soundgirls. Uh, there's Audio Girls. That's, I guess, more radio production mm-hmm. based side of things. But, but even Normal Not Novelty at yeah, Red Bull. Exactly. Um, you make these connections and then you stick with them, basically. Yeah, as we found. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as we found. But yeah, so it, it just proves that even if you maybe can't find somebody that you particularly want for that mission, you should definitely just, you know, reach out and shout about it. And mm-hmm. someone out there might be making beats that haven't quite uploaded to a certain platform yet. And mm-hmm. they'll be like, yeah, I can get involved. And mm-hmm. that's how it all happens, I guess. Well, that's how I've seen it happen online anyway. Um, right. This is a weird one. Don't know if you'd have a particular view on this. Yeah. But can you think to can you think of any reasons as to why maybe there aren't that many women working as engineers or producers have you found there to be any particular reasons that you think might put people off or or have Mm -hmm. you even observed that or have you not observed that it's funny because i'm not quite sure what the root cause of it all is and i'm sure somebody out there has the answer and people have their theories theories sorry about why there aren't more women in the production and engineering side of, of, of music but from what I've seen, a lot of women are just put off by the fact that there's so many more men. And so, like, they see the numbers and they're like, oh, that's discouraging. <laughs> yeah. That's it then. Do you know what I mean? It's like, okay, then what's the point kind of thing. But to that, I just say, why don't you just go and do it? It's almost, it's just a, men- it's, it's just a mental thing. Um, in that case, anyway. But that I can't, you know, yeah, I can't make any generalizations um and i can't stereotype us but uh from personal experience even earlier from what we were talking about for me it's definitely a confidence thing Mm. and i don't know if that's just i've I've read a few things where they're like women in general seem to be less sure of themselves or at least more outwardly sure of themselves Mm -hmm. and i don't know why i don't know why either but i totally understand that and now that you say that i'm thinking about all the times that i have been the only woman in the control room very shy and in the back and afraid to say something and afraid to make a mistake um so we won't be getting sound out of the out of the console or, or out of speakers for example and then i will just say in my to myself oh maybe it's this or like you've got this cut or it's because your input on the mic is wrong or something like that but i won't say it out loud because i don't want to be judged i don't want to be wrong i'll just let them figure it out yeah and then see if i was right and if I was, then I'm like, oh, I do a little happy dance in my head. But <laughs> no, like, we need to speak out. We need to speak out. And I think there's just something so inherently wrong with thinking that, you, you know, it, with thinking that if I say something wrong, I'm not learning. I'm just being like a hindrance. I'm, I'm, it's, it'll be just me making a mistake and they'll never call me back if I am wrong. Whereas I think, and again, I hate making the generalization, but I have to say it. I think a lot of the times a man would not hesitate. Yeah. And he would just go and be like, it's this. Or there is that confidence factor behind it um, a lot of the time. Not all the time, but a lot of the time. Um, I mean, I certainly find that within myself. Like I, I'm the same. All that stuff you just said, I was like very relatable content. Yeah, super. For sure. Um, 
I wish I, I wish I had actually, you know, sucked it up and said stuff all the times that I was in, in the control room thinking that I had the answer. And mm-hmm. then what I was actually thinking was the problem was really the problem. <laughs> uh, so annoying. Yeah, I know. I've done that many times <laughs> where I'm like, why didn't I just speak out? Exactly. But, yeah. So speak uh, out. What do you love about what you do? Oh, cute. I've just made this up, by the way. So I'm sorry that was not added. No, that's your okay. Sheet. That's probably the best impromptu question you could ask me. I love so much of what I do. Um, and I struggle sometimes because there's some days when, you know, I'm sitting around doing nothing or I'm just kind of running for my session or I'm just getting teas and coffees. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love the fact that the majority of my job is making sure that I am creating an environment for artists, producers, songwriters, etc., for them to be creative and open and vulnerable with each other. And I have to keep that vibe going. Um, and that means running all the running all the um, all the tech, uh, making sure that the session runs smoothly, making sure that um, everything is on point with like lighting and, and everyone has water and tea. And it's just so many small things that contribute to positive energy um, in an environment where you're trying to create something beautiful. And music is such a beautiful thing. Um, and the people that come in and out of the studio every day are so passionate and I love seeing that and I just love being a part of that. Um, I'm also a songwriter mm-hmm. and I love watching other people's processes. Um, I learn a lot from from just watching people work with new artists, new producers um, or old friends. Yeah. And also a lot of the times, and this is another beautiful thing, is they'll sit around in like a little therapy circle almost and ask me to kind of they'll be like Romero can you dim the lights or can we get a, a scented candle I'll be like yeah yeah whatever you need get them what they need and I'm just kind of I'll observe from the back of the room and they just sit around and talk about their feelings and I'll see the songwriters kind of jot down notes about okay this is a keyword that yeah. she said about her life. like they'll just be catching up talking about life but it'll be like okay he said this she said that um taking notes on key phrases and key words that they could use in a song potentially or things that are, are, are lyrical material and they'll use that later on in the day and they'll be like you said something really beautiful earlier about so-and-so or I really liked this analogy or I really liked this metaphor let's make a song out of that and it's just taking all of your emotion and turning it into something that people can listen to that's mm-hmm. artistic and, mm-hmm. and pretty and and pleasing to the ear and then you get to share that with the world and to, to just purely be part of that process is why I love what I do. That's so cool because I know you said that you really I don't know if you you are specifically a vocal producer but you were like that is what you wanted to do or that, like end yeah. goal or something. End goal. end goal is to just produce vocals all day. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. It's very cool. Very cool. Do you have any tips that you found on getting into production? Because obviously this is how you've you must have gotten into this whole um equal thing somehow like do you have any tips on how you've found your way any advice for getting into production this is so cliche it's so cliche but just do it just do it if you like be shameless no holds barred if you have music and or you want to be making music make it and put it out there talk to people um apply for things apply for grants uh, make use out of studio time if you can get it uh, anywhere that you can get it Um, just don't quit because if you quit then the biggest obstacle standing in your way is yourself at the end of the day 
is the thing that I've realized. So, yeah. If you believe in you, then who's going to stop you? That's quoting Evie Queen uh, from um, our most recent recording at uh, Electric Lady. So you can check that out too. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Subtle plug, love it. <laughs> I just really wanted to speak to an engineer or a producer, <laughs> like someone in the studio, mm. because... I was like, oh, do I know anyone that's in this field? And then I was like, yes, through networking, oh. I do. Because I must admit, I, I used to work at a recording studio mm-hmm. and it was a great little place. Oh, yeah, you did tell me about this. But I was like, a lot of the time, the only woman in there. Do you know what I mean? Which is like, I wasn't offended by it or whatever. No, but no. I just thought it was a strange observation and I would have loved to have figured out why. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's really empowering and great to hear from somebody that's making the dream happen Thank and you. doing it oh in my gosh. S- such a big way as well. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, and you're in, what, Rolling Stone or something? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yes, that mentions. Was kind of, that was crazy. That was crazy. Um, yeah, Equal gave us this wonderful opportunity to go to New York City and uh, do a session with Evie Queen um, at Electric Lady. And uh, we got to, uh, well, everything came out yesterday, which was an International Women's Day, fittingly enough. Yes, I saw some of the articles. <laughs> Uh, we did it. We did an interview with Rolling Stone. We did interviews, just the three of us. We did an interview with Evie Queen. Um, we're on Spotify's For the Record. Uh, we were on the banner for um, Viva Latino uh, on Spotify as well. It's just cool. The video is up and out. So go check it out. Definitely. And uh, keep in touch with everything that Ramirez is doing. Because <laughs> it's very cool. Shameless plugs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Woo. Yay. Okay. I'm going to definitely stop the recording now. No worries. we need to export this file. Yay. <laughs> More tech. <laughs> Thanks again to Ramira for coming on board the Roxine Queens podcast. Very exciting to hear somebody that's working in the studio very professionally and doing very, very well at it, you know, going places. I hope that you've been inspired to try and get involved in a little bit more music production if you are so inclined. And you should check out the Equal Directory and also Spotify Secret Genius Studios. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you've subscribed and see you next time. <laughs>